the reality is, is that the modernization is really the investment in the underlying technology to build that platform that you can then optimize your current processes and then start doing new things, new use cases in this accelerate model. As an IT leader responsible for service reliability, you know how critical it is to maintain uptime and responsiveness. Protecting and growing your business's reputation depends on it. IT leaders like us know that when we find what works, everything just flows. In this podcast, we'll explore the possibilities of service reliability today and tomorrow and hear from those driving innovation and consistent performance. I'm Sean McDermott, founder and CEO of Windward Consulting Group. Welcome to Find Flow. Before the episode gets started, we've created a gift for you. It's a short guide called Nine Ways to Accelerate Your Service Reliability Strategy. As a leader in IT, doing everything you can to contribute to business performance, this is the perfect start to optimize your service availability. You can get it now over at windward.com. That's W-I-N-D-W-A-R-D.com. Welcome, everybody, to the Fine Flow Podcast. I'm your host, Sean McDermott. And today, we have David Deal with us. David Deal is our uh, Windward Consulting Group practice leader for ServiceNow. So today, what we wanted to do is, is talk about the Tokyo release that came out for ServiceNow. And uh, we're really going to focus this release around service reliability because our podcast is all about service reliability. And within that service reliability framework uh, is service management, operations management, and security operations. So, David, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Sean. It's always fun to come on. Yeah, it's always fun to have you. So, uh, with respect to what I just kind of talked about, let's let's kind of dive into Tokyo. Uh, kind of exciting release, a lot of new stuff out there. Uh, I will say that um, there is some documentation out on the ServiceNow site that you can pull down. Uh, we'll actually have links in the show notes and things like that. But uh, let's just have a conversation. Let's talk about it. And I love, you know, David, you've been, you know, a ServiceNow guy forever. And uh, I'd love to get your opinion on this. So when we talk about, uh, when you kind of go through the roundup of these different new capabilities, uh, love to hear your point on it. Yeah. Absolutely, Sean. Uh, you know, to your point, I've been around the ServiceNow ecosystem for quite a while now, or I've competed against them in my early days. So I've always had tremendous respect, and I'm, I, I continue to be surprised at how evolutionary they are and some of the things they bring to the platform and how they just seem to consistently target new industry to bring value to. And I love that about them. It's gone so much further beyond, you know, just IT. It really is about service reliability and keeping the operations going and making sure the businesses truly understand understand the landscape. And so to that point, Tokyo, they did a really nice job. Obviously, with every release, they try to introduce a ton of new capabilities or enhancements to existing ones. Uh, but as you said, looking at some of the, the key ones in service management, for example, you know, ServiceNow offers a program called ServiceNow Impact, and it's a really interesting program. It's almost a tailored custom experience that you can, it's a SKU you can actually invest in that really brings that white glove experience to how you sort of manage and implement and operate your environment. 
And so in, as, as an enhancement to that, one of the big things they released in Tokyo, which I thought was really, really cool to see, was something called the Admin Center. Um, it's, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a place for the admin to really, you know, uh, you know, in general, the impact is about bringing value out of the platform sooner to the customer. At the end of the day, that's really what it's trying to do. And then the admin center sort of streamlines that customer journey with a centralized admin experience. You're working from a single destination with all the various platform owners and administrators to better understand your ITSM and service management, I should say capabilities. Let's talk about that for a second, because that's kind of interesting. So you can actually have multiple admins working in the admin center at one time? Yeah, typically with all of their portals, whether it be admin center, employee service center, uh, you know, one consistent thing about the ServiceNow portals are you can have multiple users and roles at any given point in time with different access. So you know, if you're in a scenario where you want to delegate different responsibilities and different things, you can certainly do that in these centers and portals. There's a lot of really creative ways to give, depending on the role. You know, they, one thing ServiceNow is big about is representing the persona. You know, depending on your persona uh, that your business persona is, is how you may use the platform. Obviously, someone like yourself is going to gain value out of parts of the platform that say, you know, Nancy, the knock operator would gain if she's the individual sitting there looking at a single pane of glass. You're using the platform probably very differently. Um, so ServiceNow has done a great job of creating these different portals, such as the admin center, as part of the impact program to continue to give that specific needed experience and persona experience for whoever's responsible for that role in the project. Awesome. Sounds good. All right. Let's hear some more. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, a couple of the key things in the service management space is they also kind of along the lines of the admin center, uh, they did what's called the service operations workspace. Now, me, I cut my teeth in the ServiceNow ecosystem as an ITOM architect. Um, so anytime I get to see any new enhancements that impact ITOM in particular and further enhance its ability, I always get excited. Well, the service operations workspace is a really cool better. I, I call it the better together workspace because it, it gives you the ability to really deliver fast and consistent resolutions tied to all things related to service management and operations management. Obvious use case would be something such as an ITOM developed automated service map around a mission critical application or business uh, service, something you've deemed accordingly. And then all the necessary service management, you know, ins and out and steps that are needed as part of that business workflow. These types of operation workspaces give you the ability to have a holistic view of not only the execution of said workflow and playbook, but how effective it was, what was actually done. You know, you've got an, a place to go achieve knowledge management and other things. So that's a really cool feature. And then lastly, uh, in ITSM, they have something, they've announced something called ITSM Pro Plus, which they describe it as the ability to deliver immediate and ongoing value with the virtual agent with a white glove implementation and services. I mean, they essentially are taking all the lift off of it from a purchasing perspective, how to bundle the packages. It's really getting that, the word they use, that white glove experience in your relationship with the vendor or whoever you happen to be working with to, to start your ITSM journey, they're giving you sort of that cream of the crop experience to get it done, which of course we try to do that in, in all implementations. I know here at Windward, uh, we take a lot of pride in our CSATs and, and the quality of consulting we deliver beyond the technology, but this is just one more way 
to align that best in breed service with the technology itself. And that's kind of the key highlights. There are a few other things around DevOps and others, but I think that's probably the, the most uh, noticeable improvements to the service management space. Um, and I know you mentioned ITOM, which we certainly will get into, uh, and, and SecOps, but I would be remiss if I didn't mention the new enterprise asset management capability that's coming out. It's tied to exactly what it sounds like. It, it is a true enterprise asset lifecycle management capability where you can really dive into planning and reducing those CapEx costs with a far greater visibility into your enterprise asset estate. Um, it's newer to the ecosystem. It's their next step in evolving their asset capabilities. But I do believe, you know, when you talk about service reliability, uh, you know, above the technology, you, all of that is rooted in some level of asset inventory. And all of these things ultimately start to bind together. Uh, when you think about the business at a more holistic view, uh, you know, service level agreements, uh, vendor hardware retirement life cycle is being aware of all those kind of things. When that all starts to come together in, in a fully encompassed workflow, you can imagine the improvements in your overarching reliability and ability to understand the landscape of your business. So I wanted to make sure I did pause to mention that. Um, I think that's going to be a big player as we grow. They touched other parts of asset as well, which tie tightly into ITOM, of course, such as software asset management. They're further evolving that space. You know, they they really made a concerted effort to to bring software assets to the forefront of the conversation because that's a big expense, especially I used to we were talking about Microsoft earlier and I can remember back in my early IT days, one of the largest expenses I would hear talked about was nobody understood how much Visio licensing they had yeah. out there. So I can even remember back then. The, the, well, that, the I mean, that's that. huge business, right? right. I mean, we, we've, right. we've done a fair amount of work in software license management at Winward. And when you start getting into these large enterprises that spend millions and, and there's a lot of money at stake, these vendors will start coming in and starting to enforce an audit. Uh, your spending because a lot of times you know things like Visio you know they just get promulgated into the somebody sticks it into an install package onto and it goes onto every single laptop and they may only have a license for a thousand users and they just put it on ten thousand laptops. I think vendors see this as a as a way to enforce and and make more money, which you know I understand, but the challenge is and we've seen this in the past so is getting the data right and getting the data right and being able to either support your your contract value and a contract spend or, you know, prove that, or they prove that you, you aren't. Um, and then you make some kind of settlement. So, you know, the, it seems to me like around ITSM, the theme, like listening to this is driving more efficiency of the platform, optimizing the platform and really focusing in on, you know, the, the customer experience. Is that yeah, I think that's a great way to summarize it. You know, you really said something there that I think really hammers home, regardless of the release. If you go back in time and really listen to the themes of the ServiceNow approach to the way they do things, they always talk about optimizing things. And the one consistent thing that you'll find as you get more ingrained in the ServiceNow platform is it gets infinitely more powerful and capable the more you invest in it the more you bring those different capabilities together on the platform to close those gaps, whether they be technology or business gaps, you're still gaining a tremendous measurable efficiency in your business operations. And I think ServiceNow has really done a remarkable job of 
of realizing that. And it's why they really have no bounds to what industries they're willing to try to, you know, get into and create new efficiencies in. Um, and service management is at the root of it all. Uh, and it always has been. And, you know, and they've recognized that it goes beyond IT now. They've really closed that gap between, you know, that old school IT conversation. And, and it's really become a business conversation that yeah. IT just happens to be a part of. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because at Windward, we talk about the maturity life cycle of service reliability, and we really kind of summarize it into kind of three phases, right? Modernize, optimize, accelerate. The reality is, is that the modernization is really the investment in the underlying technology to build that platform that you can then optimize your current processes and then start doing new things, new use cases in this accelerate model. So customers that are making a choice to buy service now are in the modernization phase of that, right? So they're Absolutely. saying, oh, we're on some kind of legacy platform. We have to modernize. So let's get the, you know, that's the decision. The companies that are really taking advantage of Tokyo, existing customers are in the optimize. They've already made the modernization decision. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been on service now for a little while. Now they're trying to figure out how to optimize. And I love the fact, and we actually had one, someone from ServiceNow, a guy named Dan Grady on the podcast a couple months ago, um, around process optimization. And I just love that discussion because it really was, how do we optimize our workflow, right? We're a workflow company. How do we help our customers? Mm-hmm. They've defined these workflows and some of them are automated, some of them are manual, some have automated with manual steps inside of them. And they now have the data, right? They can run um, you know, reports and run analytics on the number of times these workflows have fired and they can start finding out where the inefficiencies are, right? And that's all around optimizing workflow. So it's pretty cool stuff. It really is. It's a good segue. Uh, you know, you mentioned some of the work we had or some of the things you had done over the years around software. Uh, you know, as you know, recently we had a really large financial investment client that has been a, a longtime customer of service now. In fact, they were pre what's known as common service data model, CSDM. I think we, our podcast focused on that last time we chatted. Um, they were, they're such a long time customer. They were, they predated the 1.0 version of that, but they know and have known with San Diego and now Tokyo and some of these really incredible features that are coming out with the newer platform. They wanted to be able to take advantage of that. In order to do that, they needed to get to their CSD and 4.0. So we were able to come in and help give them a roadmap to get there, which is now going to allow them to take advantage of some of these. Uh, you know, enhancements and capabilities. One of the big ones I'm really excited about is the further involvement or further evolution of health log analytics inside IT operation management. You know, we've got another client that we're working with now is getting ready to work with event management along with health log analytics. And it's a really cool capability that was released a few releases back, but it's getting in this release, they added a real time search visibility within the health logs. It allows for really uh, powerful uh, ingestation, indexing, predictive analytics of these previously identified health logs that you can be very proactive with. Uh, and when you tie that to the event management capabilities, or maybe you want to look at how DevOps has deployed or, or uh, modified certain CIs, you can now use these combination of capabilities to do accelerated root cause analysis and really understand some of the things that are coming in, those events that are coming in through your ITOM space. And when you think about that and you tie it back to what we're talking about today, that ultimately feeds into a service workflow. That's a part of a larger workflow. It's just an ingestion point, a data point. So our goal 
at Windward and at other, you know, places like ourselves is to really give that workflow and user experience. And then we bring the technology in. We're fortunate enough to have access to some capable technology such as ServiceNow. But these workflows really are what we're focused on. And that's try, we try to keep that perspective always at the forefront. You know, continuing to looking down, I, I describe ServiceNow, the platform, it's heart of the system is the CMDB. That is quite literally the heart. And it doesn't matter whether you're talking in HS, human resources, workflow conversation, security operations, service management, it does not matter. That data that it's leveraging and reacting against and making decisions around lives in the same CMDB regardless. So they're always doing enhancements to the CMDB. They recently with Tokyo added what they call CMDB attestation with smart protection. I really like this. You know, we had another client that, and we actually still have a client that we're working with. We do a lot of data quality work with them. We really maintain the quality of the CMDB. This new capability is going to be able to, it's an actual widget now where you can actually do specific discovery items automatically using a smart protection feature. And it gives you a little bit faster, more efficient insight into the, not just the data within your CMDB, but the quality of it and what you need to do with it. And then, you know, obviously they always enhance things across the CMDB, such as search, other multi-source um support for additional you know it feels like every release they're releasing another 5 10 15 integration packs you know different things they can use to create different data sources they're doing a lot with itom uh that i think will consistently continue to improve as you know ai is becoming more and more i mean its tentacles are just sprinkled across the ServiceNow platform uh, i mentioned health log analytics a while ago uh, a large part of what Health Log Analytics provides on the platform is AI-based. And all of this ultimately ties, ties back to that site reliability, being able to get ahead of these metrics, being able to make predictive decisions around these metrics. And a lot of this stuff is, is what's going to allow us to continue to do those things. Yeah, it really flows into the whole AI ops conversation, right? And what we've been talking about for a couple of years now, you know, both on this podcast and previous podcasts we, we did, and, um, you know, it's funny because you're hearing so much about AI now, right, with chat, GDP, and, and Bing. Bing and Google was a Google Bard and the fiascos there. And, and you know, even and, – and I read an article this morning, which was kind of interesting, about Apple. And they're like, is Apple behind on AI? Because they're just not really talking about it. They're not going out there. And um, I think Apple is doing something very similar to what ServiceNow is, and that is – there seems to be this, and I think this is cultural in the tech world, right? Let's go out and let's push something and um, it doesn't need to be perfect. Let's get it out there and we'll kind of fix it as we go. You know, what's, what's, you know, what's that Elon Musk thing? You know, we got to break some glass, you know? And I think Apple and ServiceNow are kind of stepping back and going, you know, we're going to embed AI. We're going to do it smartly. We're going to do it, you know, we're not going to publish it out. Um, we're going to embed it into our systems and in a, in a slower pace, but a much more successful way instead of really trying to make a big splash, right? And, and, and I think that's what we've been seeing from ServiceNow over the last few years is it's been, you know, with virtual chatbots and things like that, the AI is, is all in there. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's good to keep seeing, you know, seeing those investments increase and, I think that's so key in this whole operations world because there's just so much data, right? You talk about CMDB 
And I'm 100% in agreement. I've been saying this for 20-some years. The CMDB is the heart of everything, right? If you don't know what you got and you don't know what's connected, then you, your, your, your reliability is just going to go down the drain, right? And um, so maintaining the CMDB, and unfortunately, there's still a big challenge. We see this across our customer base of how do you maintain the CMDB and how do you keep it, how do you keep it um, accurate? So um, that's always a challenge, and it's good to see that they're making investments in that space to try and help uh, maintain that data integrity, and and then just being able to you know work in these operational environments where we're getting you know you know ten, fifteen, fifty, hundred terabytes of data coming in, you know a day, and how do you we we've known this for the last few years that AI is really the only thing that's going to help us fix you know get in front of that. So good stuff. All right. Anything else you want to say about operations management? You know, I'd be remiss uh, in the security space. There's a couple of key areas. You know, they obviously in, in the context of service now, security operations is very specific. It's security incident response and vulnerability response. Obviously, WinWord plays at a much higher level and we have a broader understanding of the security operations landscape. And this is just components that we leverage when appropriate. But they did actually under SEER, uh, security incident response, they uh, made some improvements to their data loss re- prevention incident response aspects. We uh, do know in a lot of different uh, environments we've heard over the last year or two, various security incidents around data integrity and data loss. So they've made some enhancements there. And then certainly in the vulnerability response, they're constantly uh, enhancing their patch orchestration capabilities. You know, patching is a critical part of security operations. So the more uh, third-party systems and third-party capabilities, they can comfortably and safely take over patching operations. They try to do that. And then they're always improving in cloud, Sean, across the whole kit and caboodle. You know, they, cloud's really evolved uh, at ServiceNow. When I first joined, uh, I call it the mothership over at Fed back in the day, cloud was kind of really just breaking in, and it was very much an ITOM-focused capability. But now, as you look across the ServiceNow platform, you'll see references to cloud operations and cloud management. Uh, even they've recently moved cloud insights into the asset management component of their platform. And I think all of that is a result of what we were talking about earlier. They are finding with more and more use cases across these incredibly diverse industries that they play in, you can no longer bound and label these capabilities and these solutions to any one clear thing. It's not just IT. It's not just HR. It's all about what what value or what component does that particular thing feed into the workflow that's going to make your business successful. And ServiceNow has just done a remarkable job of seeing that vision and their messaging has shifted that way. You know, you mentioned earlier just a few minutes ago about how you've noticed They've taken a very effective and strategic strategic approach to their AI. They've sort of sprinkled it in in very smart ways to sort of slowly introduce it into the ecosystem and get it into the use cases that would bring value faster. I think that really goes to a larger philosophy they have at ServiceNow, which is something I learned very early, which was frankly very different from the competitor I worked for for many years prior. And that is when they go out and acquire capabilities, they do not bolt them on. They completely take it back to the drawing board and they rewrite the capability within the context of what will make it the most effective on the platform. Whereas in previous lives for previous customers or vendors that I've worked with, you know, I won't mention names here, 
they would buy a capability and they would just bolt it on. And then they would wonder why when we would go out into the field to work with these point tools, why 90% of the time we were dealing with point tool integration issues. They just didn't play nice together. ServiceNow combats that right out of the gate by very effectively rewriting the code they acquire within the boundaries of the platform. And I think AI is a great example of that. And it's really across the platform, the way they've evolved it, it gives them that flexibility to do it. Yeah, you bring up an interesting point, right? So when I was at BMC, you know, and, and even before that, we've been doing this for so long, you know, what, 20, when it's been around for 26 years, that was always the biggest complaint, right, is best of breed versus point products. And the, the vendors, you know, the HPs of the world back then, I guess we could say that because they don't even sell it. That's true. They don't even play in the space anymore. Are they micro-focused now? I mean, who are, who, who, who are they anymore? Well, they were microfocused, and they just got bought. What bought? I think a couple of days ago, it was announced that Microfocus got bought. So interesting to see that. Oh, who they get bought by? I, I, I didn't I'd see that. I have to read again. It quite literally no. just got announced like yesterday or the day before that Microfocus. Oh, that's got crazy. Bought. Yeah, that's crazy. But I mean, so we can pick on HP. Let's do <laughs> All it. All right. Um, so, so they would basically come out with this marketing, you know, marketing slides of of an integrated platform, integrated products and platforms and solutions. And then it looked great, right? And then you basically lift up the cover and you realize that like every single product was, it was an acquisition, it was coded, they're on different platforms, no integration. You can't do that in the SaaS world, right? We actually worked with another company that built an app on uh, Salesforce and they acquired a few companies and brought them into Salesforce, but they weren't really architected on Salesforce. And they try to jam it in there. And it just, it was all kinds of problems, right? And so in the SaaS world, in a platform play like ServiceNow, it is very, very difficult to to acquire a company right now because they have to basically have the same architectural underpinnings in order to make it a seamless technology transition onto a cloud-based platform. So, you know, that's why you're seeing a lot of these companies innovating so much and bringing in, like you said, bringing in smaller pieces that they can consume and recode and use the underlying engines and run those in the cloud. So that's a, it's an interesting, and I think what's most interesting about this, which, you know, maybe I'm dated, so I, I see this a little bit differently, but as a SaaS provider, you know, cloud platform, they can actually now start legitimately say, we are we are a unified platform and everything works together is integrated. You know the vendors of yesterday, you know like BMC and HP and CA, right? I mean BMC, I think is the only one still standing. The rest all got bought by Broadcom or someone else. Um, they could never say that. They they never could say that, and they would say it, but they can never deliver on it because through this acquisition process, they just couldn't make it happen. But ServiceNow is probably in our space at least, right? The, you know, I would say the first platform play that actually can say that. They can they can show you an architectural slide in your marketware and then you can lift it up and you can actually see that it has fully integrated because so good stuff. All right. Um, let's uh, let's move on to the security operations. Well like I said in SecOps, you know, the they they focus heavily uh, on the two key areas of SecOps, uh, security incident response and vulnerability response. So they, 
They worked on the data loss prevention incident response. Pack, patch orchestration was the big one in VR. Um, and again, as I mentioned, they've further enhancements in cloud. And Sean, we could probably spend the next four hours on this call going through everything because one thing ServiceNow does a pretty good job of is they try to always innovate something in some part of the platform across. So I could go on and on. And there's with the nature of the way the better together capabilities are on ServiceNow, you could probably find an angle where virtually anything that got enhanced on the platform could potentially improve a workflow inside your business. But for me, I think, you know, we talked about is ServiceNow the first one that you and I, I'm like you, I'm dated. I came from HP and that was kind of where I cut my teeth in the ops system. So, you know, right. This is really the first platform I've worked on in my career. It's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about it, because I have consumed these products. I've sold these products. You know, I, I've seen every angle you can use these types of products and I've not come across one in my now almost 30 years that checks as many boxes as ServiceNow. Like most things, there's always further innovations you can do. I mean, when you think about the fact that not only are they a fully integrated platform in what they provide out of the box, but they have turned around and given the user community the ability to further enhance the platform themselves with their build on approaches. They, uh, how many, uh, you know, I believe they're known as technology uh, partners in the partner that we're a service provider and public sector partner. Obviously, all that's that's evolving. But in, in a lot of my peers in the ecosystem that work for technology partners, they're building some really remarkable things that are impacting all sorts of industry uh, across the ecosystem. And they're building it on the ServiceNow platform. And I mean, to me, when I think just from a general business perspective or just from a general, how can I make a mark in the ecosystem? What better way? Not only am I going to give you a platform that is the insanely capable from a business perspective out of the box from soup to nuts, but I'm going to further allow it the ability for you, the consumer, to become a low-code developer, low-code, no-code developer expert and start building your own very specific targeted strategic point solutions as needed within the context of the platform. I, I just think it's a really great approach. I think it's going to continue to allow companies like ourselves to lean on the technology to further evolve what we can give in the ecosystem. We can bring 25 years of, you know, 30 years of operations experience or service management experience. But now we're being given these tools and these powerful platforms that allow us to take what we've learned to a whole other level because we can build these efficiencies and workflows in. And I think it's an exciting time to be part of the ServiceNow evolution. So I appreciate you coming on and talking about these new enhancements around Tokyo. And, um, you know, we'll definitely do this again next year. When, For when, sure. uh, what's, what's the, do we know what the next one's going to be? This one's Utah. Uh, and, and I believe there's even some early release candidates out there that have already signed up to start seeing the early workings of it. Uh, it's crazy how they do six month release cycles and continue to do it as effectively as they do. But so far they've gotten better and better at it. So Utah is a state, so they uh, they're not going with a city. Nope, it's first time it's been a state, and quite I don't. It may be the first state as I think about it, going back to the early years. Well, no, they had Berlin, so they had a country, and then yeah, it's been cities, countries. So yeah, this might be the first state as I can I think. Yeah, no, nope, awesome. there was New York. Actually, there was a New York release. Well, you could say New York City, right? But because there you go. So yeah. that's a gray area there. Awesome. 
Well, David, thanks for thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll we'll definitely have you back on. And and you know, you you talked about hey, we could talk four hours about security. Um, let's do it. Like, let's not talk four hours, but let's get back on in a few weeks, and we'll talk about SecOps. I, I mean, I'm super passionate about that. Yeah, I would love to hear from your perspective what your goals are for Windward and what you're really wanting to do with that operation. And I, I'm quite certain we over here in the ServiceNow practice are willing and ready to enable it and be a part of it. Yeah, you know, for us, I mean, it, it really all comes back to the service reliability focus of, of us, you know, for the last 26 years, that's what we've been doing. And it's been called different things and, and matured over the years. But really, when it all comes down to it, uh, when we start talking about digital transformation, and that's what pretty much everyone talks about now, and you know, you know, all the articles and websites and buzzwords around digital transformation, I I really look at it from a standpoint. Okay, whatever your digital transformation strategy is, it it may be mobile first, cloud first, doesn't really matter. Um, it's there's two critical aspects for success. You know, one is innovation. Um, you have to be innovating. If you're not, then you're just keeping the lights on. And the other is reliability. The, you know, these services have to be reliable. They have to be available everywhere, always, you know, every day, all day, right? And if you're if you're investing in these these new innovative um, applications, solutions, or or services, whatever you're calling them, and it's not reliable, then it's it's kind of like a tree falling in the woods, right? So. Um, for us, we're service reliability people. This is what we do, right? We're the, we're the ones behind the curtain, you know, and it's, it's an easy thing to talk about. It's a very complex thing to do. And, um, and we, what's really exciting is, you know, as we continue to work with ServiceNow and we see their investment in, you know, these areas of service management, operations management and security and, you know, security is an integral part of it. I mean, you can't, you can't look at your service reliability strategy and not include security anymore. Right? It, 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 it can't be a separate group, you know, that it used to be, right? It has to be, I mean, it could, organizationally, it could be a, its own group, but it's got to be incorporated into an overall organization strategy to drive, you know, the highest level of, of reliability. So with that, we'll have you back on in a few weeks and we'll talk about, you know, SecOps. Thanks for coming on. Appreciate it as always. Of course. And love your opinions. And I uh, want to thank everybody for listening. And we will see you next time. Thanks so much for listening. For show notes and links related to everything discussed today, access to archive episodes, and to download the free guide, Nine Ways to Accelerate Your Service Reliability Strategy, head to winward.com. That's W-I-N-D-W-A-R-D.com.